0: You are listening to episode number 55 of the Secondary Science Simplified podcast. Happy New Year, teacher friends. I hope so sincerely that 2023 treats you well and is your absolute best year yet. And I don't know about you, but with the new year, always comes a lot of goal setting energy, which for some can feel exhilarating and for others of us, it can just feel exhausting. I know some of you listening may be out there holding on to your holiday twinkle lights for dear life. You are not ready to be doing meal planning and to-do lists and kitchen pantry cleanouts. You want to hold on to the holiday magic just a little bit longer. But if you are like me, January 1st hits and the holiday decor is down and out and packed up in the attic. I am ready to bleach all the things and clean out every single closet we have. I would like to say that I have borderline aggressive new year goal-setting energy. But here's the problem I've learned over the years. I often go too hard and too big too soon. And then come February or March, I'm done for. I'm burned out. My new year goal-setting energy can't carry me through the year any longer. And so wherever you are at the start of this new year and wherever you are sitting and listening to this episode right now, I want to talk to you over the next 15 or so minutes about goal setting for the new year and taking a different approach this year than you may have in the past. I think it's an approach that will serve both the half of you listening that just want to stay curled up under a blanket watching your Hallmark movies and the other half of you that are ready to create a resolution list with 20 sub points and sub goals. So whichever place you are in, I think I've got you both this episode. So let's just go ahead and get right to it. Okay, before we dive into talking about goal setting, I have to remind you that cheer for the new year is happening right now, this week only so cheer for the new year something i started doing a few years ago and i did it with a group of teacher authors but now it's something i've carried on doing by myself for the last i don't know four or five years now and essentially it's always the first week of january and every morning i email out that day's daily deal and it's a deal that is good for 24 hours only and it's different every single day of the week and this is the only sale that personally I do all year outside of the TBT quarterly site-wide sales. And I do discounts that are bigger than the regular 20 or 25% off that typically happen during the TBT sales. And so here's the one catch if you're like, this is too good to be true. It's not. But there is one little catch and that's that these deals are only for my email list. This isn't something I ever really advertise on social media. I don't put, you know, banners on my website or anything like that. So it's only things that I'm notifying my email list about. So In order to get these deals, you just have to be on my list in order to know about them since they do expire every 24 hours. So if you are not already, you're going to want to join my list. You can do that at itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash winter, and you'll start getting the deals each day this week. You can't get the past deals, so you can't get the one that was already sent out this morning, but you'll get the rest of them this week. And if you think you're on my list, but you're like, I haven't seen anything about this, then you need to check your junk and your spam folder and be sure if I'm in there to mark my address as not spam so I don't get sent there and you don't miss out on the deals. And I will also say this to some of you who have signed up for my email list with your teacher email address, your school or your district will auto file my emails as spam and you'll never see them or they may go straight to your trash can. That's a, a feature that some districts have. And so I recommend joining my email list with your personal email address, like whatever your Gmail or Hotmail is. Just that way, your spam filters from your district don't restrict you from missing out on these deals. And if you join at that it's on rocket science classroom.com slash winter link, When you join, you will immediately get an email. So if you don't see that, check your spam because it should immediately come to you. And in that email, you get a download of a PDF that has four free winter high school science activities. So not only are you gonna get these daily deals every morning, but you're gonna get four resources for free that you can use right away with your students. So make sure you check out that link and I'll be sure to link it in the show notes as well. All right, now let's talk goal setting. So I recently read a book and it was one of those books that, I just keep thinking about, I don't know what else to say. I just keep thinking about it. And to me, reading is my hobby. It's one of the only things that I do just purely for fun, you know, not to be productive. And I'm like a productivity addict. So I just try to read a lot of fiction because I find when I get into the nonfiction realm, then it becomes my one hobby becomes work again. And it's like a way for me to be productive. And I don't want to be productive when I read. I just want to enjoy. But Every month, I try to read, you know, one nonfiction because people are always recommending books to me, and you know, I like to learn and grow, of course, like anyone else. But so, this is a nonfiction book that it wasn't just one I checked off my list; it's one that I checked off my list, and then I just keep thinking about it, and I've, I'm i fully bought into this, and I'm fully bought into the author and her podcast and everything she's doing. And it's the Lazy Genius, and the book is the Lazy Genius Way, and the author is Kendra Adachi, and. I will link her in the show notes. I'm going to link this book for you on Amazon, but I'll also link her Instagram you can follow and her podcast that you can listen to. She puts out episodes every single week. But I've just grown to love her as a person. We have a lot of things in common and a lot of things totally not in common. And I just I just enjoy her as a person. I really enjoy her energy. The way that her brain works is really similar to how my brain works. And so I just... At first, I was like, am I going to learn anything from this person who thinks how I do? And I was very humbled when I read her book to think, yes, I'm learning so much. And so definitely check it out. But the thing I love about Kendra is her whole brand, if you will, the whole lazy genius thing is she is all about being a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't matter. And the tagline specifically for this book that she wrote, The Lazy Genius Way that I read, is embrace what matters, ditch what doesn't, and get stuff done. And when I think about that sentence, embrace what matters, ditch what doesn't, and get stuff done, I'm like... That is what I want for each of you listening to this, especially going into this second half of the school year where you may have a countdown already on your whiteboard for when summer break is. Okay. I want you going into this semester to really embrace what matters to you, totally just ditch and let go what doesn't, and then just get stuff done and then leave your work at work from there. And so, I got inspired by this book and thinking there's so much of this that can be applied specifically to the life of a secondary science teacher. And in this book, she shares 13, what she calls lazy genius principles. And again, I'm going to link this, but I basically decided for this month because I cannot stop thinking about this book. And I feel like maybe I'll get over my obsession a little bit if I kind of like get out some of these thoughts that I'm just constantly ruminating and processing, but I thought for this month, I want to do a series of episodes just to get you ready for this second half of the year. But I want to use some of my favorite lazy genius principles from her book and apply them specifically to your life as a secondary science teacher. Okay, so that is what we're going to do so that you can embrace what matters, ditch what doesn't, and get stuff done. Okay, so I want to start all of this out. I want to start our year of 2023 talking about goal setting. Because here's the thing I've learned over the years. As you know, a goal setting addict, I love setting goals. I love it. Is your goals won't last if they don't matter to you. So, for example, I cannot set a goal related to eating more healthy or like eating well or eating differently because at the end of the day, I care more about queso and cinnamon toast crunch cereal than I care about eating well. Like, I, And maybe this will be different at a different place in my life, but I love queso and I could eat bowls and bowls. There's no limit to the amount of queso that I could consume. And I just don't care enough about giving up queso or about, you know, my health, which sounds terrible as I should. I'd rather exercise more and hope that balances out my poor eating habits because I just personally don't care about eating well. And again, I know that's a privileged statement because I've been a very generally healthy person and I know not everyone has that privilege, but that's just something that doesn't matter to me. And so I need to make goals about things that actually matter to me or else I'm not going to stick to them. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Consider goals that you've been thinking about for this year. And kind of narrow down those goals based on what really matters to you. So you need to decide what matters. That's the very first thing. What matters most? And I want to challenge you, what matters most in this current season you're in? Because what matters most right now may not be what matters most in six months. You know, like I said, my health goals may change In six months, in a year, in five years, as I age, as my body changes, you know, as my I experience new things in life. But right now, eating well doesn't matter. So it doesn't serve me to make a goal about that because it just doesn't matter. Look, I'm not going to hold to that. So I want you to consider what matters the most to you right now in your current season. Not the season you want to be in, not the season you hope to be in in eight months, but the season that you are in right now. And the second thing I want to encourage you to do is start small. Okay, so here's where I'm going to really challenge you. I want you to only pick one goal for this year. You heard me. One goal. That is it. And I want you to think of this goal as an overarching theme for your year. Okay, because what I've found is that when I only make one goal or one theme for my year, it's so much easier to make decisions on a day-to-day basis because I'm only filtering them through that one priority and not three priorities or four priorities. Okay, because think about it this way. Let's say you set goals that you want to exercise every day. You want to play more with your kids and you also want to read 50 books this year, okay? But you only have 30 unplanned minutes a day. Like you only have 30 minutes of free time between going to work, getting your kids from daycare, cooking dinner, getting them all put down to sleep, grading your papers, which I hope you're not doing at home. But you know, you're looking at your actual day to day from Monday through Friday and you're like, I only have 30 spare minutes. If that's the case, then every single day you're gonna have to go through like this decision fatigue process of, okay, I have 30 minutes. Am I going to play with the kids? Am I going to hop on the Peloton? Am I going to go for a walk? Am I going to sit down and read a book? Like I have all these goals, but I can't do them all in 30 minutes. It's not realistic. So what am I going to do? And you're constantly having to make the same decisions over and over and it gets really exhausting. That's another one of Kendra's Lazy Genius Principles is she talks about deciding once because of decision fatigue. Like decision fatigue is a real thing. And if you are like me, I'm in a season of life where I'm running at like peak mental capacity. I told my husband, I cannot hold any more information or responsibilities in my brain because I have 2.7 working brain cells at this time. Okay. And that's the season that I'm in. So by deciding now and deciding one thing, you minimize those in the moment decisions so much. Okay. Let me give you a few examples of overarching themes that I've had in different years past that have really helped me so much to figure out what my priorities are on a day-to-day basis and on a hour-by-hour basis, okay? So in the past, I have had a theme or a goal for the year of having open hands. And that was a year where we had a lot of transitions. That was a year where I was writing the anatomy curriculum and finishing that up. I had just had our daughter, who's our second. So my first and my second are 17 months apart. We just had a lot of transitions. My husband knew he was gonna be transitioning out of his job and he wasn't sure what he was gonna be transitioning into. He knew he was gonna have a career change. I had been doing um, serving in a ministry called Young Life for the last decade. And I knew I was gonna be transitioning out of that over the next couple of months since we now had these two little kids and it was just a lot in our family. So I just said, okay, so this year, I'm going to have open hands. I'm not good at being flexible. Okay, so when I'm thinking open hands, it's literally a visual of me just holding my hands wide open. And that's very hard for me because I like to hold things very, very tightly. I like to have very strict schedules, very strict routines. I am not a very adaptable or flexible person. I'm very black and white. Living in gray is not where I like to live. And that's not healthy. And so in that season, I said, hey, with all that we have going on and all of this transition, My normal way of doing things with very clenched fists is not going to work. And so my number one goal this year needs to be able to have open hands and just hold things loosely and be willing to be flexible with these two babies I have that are less than a year and a half apart. Like we're everyone's wearing diapers in my house, okay? I've gotta be flexible. I need to have open hands with what's gonna happen with my husband and his job and maybe what that's gonna require me to work more or work less or be more flexible with my work schedule so that he has more capacity to start a new job or whatever it may be. And it just helped so much on a day-to-day basis when I was having to decide and make these hard decisions on how I was going to spend my time and how I was going to spend my energy. And are we going to, you know, Oh, I got invited to a play date last minute. Am I going to go do that? Or am I going to stick to the schedule that I set? Like what is best fulfilling that theme of having open hands? And it helped me so much that year, this past year in 2022, my theme was do what is fun. Okay. So here's what I mean by that. I felt like in work, I had been creating and doing a lot of things that I felt like I should do, or I felt like people wanted me to do. And I hadn't done things that just sounded fun to me. And I knew at the start of 2022, I was six months pregnant. So I knew, okay, quarter one of 2022, I'm going to be in my third trimester of pregnancy. Quarter two, I'm going to be on maternity leave and having a newborn quarter three is my busiest time of year work wise. And it's also going to be like adjusting and transitioning to getting our kids back into a school rhythm and what that looks like. And then I was like, quarter four is like the craziness of the holidays and a lot going on there. And am I going to be ready to start a new work project and a new curriculum? You know, I don't know. And so I just decided last year, I was like, I want to do what's fun. You know, I don't want to, I, As far as I can plan it, I was like, this is our last pregnancy. This is our last child. I don't want to wish away my third trimester. I don't want to wish away the newborn years. I don't want to desire another season. I want to enjoy the season that we're in. So I just want to focus on doing what is fun. And that served me so well. This podcast started in January 2022 because it sounded fun to me. And when I thought, how do I want to spend these last few weeks I have of working before I hit a maternity leave? I was like, I want to do what's fun. And doing a podcast sounds fun to me. And that spurred me on to keep doing this podcast all this past year. And when I thought about my maternity leave and how I was going to spend it, you know, instead of focusing on being productive with that time off and making sure I had the baby books updated and I was donating all the clothes efficiently and packing up the things we didn't need and, you know, making sure that I was really getting the baby on like the best sleep schedule, which I do love sleep training, so I still did that. But I was like, I'm going to do what's fun. We're going to go on the play dates because I know that the younger my baby is, the more flexible they are sleep-wise, I can wear this baby everywhere. So I'm not going to not go on a play date with my big kids and their friends because I'm worried about the baby's nap schedule. No, we're going to do what's fun. We're going to go. If it sounds fun, we're going to go. If it doesn't sound fun, we're not going to go. And when it came time to deciding if I was going to write another curriculum this fall and start one... I sat down with my husband and I was like, this actually sounds fun. I feel like I took enough time off of doing things that I felt like people were asking and expecting me to do. And I was only doing what was fun, which was really the podcast and running the Secondary Science Simplified course last summer was really fun for me. But I was like, I'm ready to do something you know, maybe that won't be as fun. Like, it does sound fun, but it also is going to be a lot of work and it's going to be hard. But I was ready to do that. And so that was the way that I took this one goal and this one theme and I filtered everything through that this past year. Now, I'm not a 100% sure what I want my goal and my theme to be for this upcoming year of 2023, but really when I think about it, I want it to be a memory-making year and what I mean by that is this is my oldest last year at home with me before he's going to start kindergarten. And I know that this is such a going to be such a big shift in my family of having these babies all at home with me to now my first going to school five days a week and being away from me, you know, for eight plus hours. Because, you know, just after him, my daughter slated to go to school the next year after him. She should only be a year behind him in school. And then after that, it'll be Rob. And like, before I know it, all my kids are going to be out of my house for the next 13 plus years. And then they're going to be in college. Like, it's just going to go by in the blink of an eye. I can't believe I'm about to have one of my children in full-time school. And so I want to make memories this year. I want to prioritize this last, you know, eight months I have with my oldest home with me and the most amount of time I'll ever get to have him in my home again. I'll never have this much time with him again. But I want to prioritize making memories with him. And then I also really want to be available when he does start kindergarten to make memories with him there. I want to have the capacity to like support him as he's doing this really big transition. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I know some of you might be rolling your eyes because you have bigger kids or or just in a different season than me, but I just feel like everything with your firstborn is so much more emotional and it's such a bigger deal, you know, but him going to kindergarten is a big deal for me. So I'm thinking that my theme for this year is going to be memory making and I want everything to fall underneath that. So here's my application for you and my challenge for you. I want you to take five minutes and I want you to word vomit on a piece of paper or on the notes app in your phone. All of the goals you may have been like thinking through and considering for this year. And I want you to star the ones that matter the most to you this year. And then again, remember, it doesn't mean it has to be what matters to you the most forever, but what matters the most right now. And then in order to start small, I want you just to pick one Just pick one to be the overarching theme for your life in 2023. Because a la Kendra, her advice, our lazy genius guru, is we just need to start small. Don't have this list of 10 things to keep up with. Have one. And every day, look at your day, look at your week, look at your schedule and think, am I doing my one goal this year? Is this filtering through my memory making goal or is this filtering through, you know, my do what's fun goal or my open hands goal, which are some goals I had in the past. So that's my challenge for you. And I would love it if you would send me what your theme is for the year or what your one goal is for the year. DM it to me, email it to me. I would love to hear from you. Now, one more thing I wanna say before I let you go on this is I want you to note that I specifically said your overarching theme or your goal for your life. I did not say for your job because I want you to remember being a teacher is your job. It is not your life. So I want you to make a goal and a theme for your life this year first. And after that is set and that is prioritized and that becomes number one, because your life matters most, then I want you to think of one sub-goal as you approach this school year. So one much smaller goal, but still theme that's specific to your life as a teacher and that component of your life that is specific to what you're gonna be doing at school. And it can be related to your overarching theme for your life, absolutely. But I just want you to make this really, really practical because I think oftentimes we get overwhelmed. Like, I wanna do all these new things in my classroom and I wanna prioritize this and I wanna stop doing that. And it just becomes too much And I think for the rest of this year, there's only a few months left in the school year. Let's just pick one thing, okay, and focus on that thing. And again, though, this is going to be substandard. This is going to be underneath your overarching goal for your life. That's going to be the number one most important, okay? But then when you're looking, just zooming in on your school part of your life, I want you to have one goal for there too. So what's one thing you want to care about the most this semester? Is it grading less? Is it not bringing work home? Is it doing more labs? Is it doing less labs, but doing better ones, being more strategic with the labs you pick? Is it lecturing less in your classroom? Is it starting you know, your class period better with a prime time or a bell ringer of some sort? Is it assessing your students differently than you've ever done before? You wanna to try to assess them differently. Is it working more with the teachers in your department? Is it maybe working with your admin more and seeing how they can support you more? I don't know. These are just ideas, but I just want you to pick one. And if you're struggling to pick one, I think a really great one that you could do. And I, I hate this y'all because I love to cite my sources. Someone was talking about this on Instagram and I cannot for the life of me remember who it was. It may have been Sam Holcomb. Sam, if you're listening, this could have been you, engineer does edu, who I interviewed last January on the podcast or was last February on the podcast, but. I think it was Sam who said this, but she said one of her goals is starting well and ending well. And I thought that is a great goal for your work day and for your life of thinking like, I wanna start the class period well and I wanna end it well. If it's mass chaos, For the other 48 minutes of the class period, at least our first couple of minutes and our last couple of minutes, we started strong, we ended strong. And just thinking about your whole workday that way, I'm going to start my workday when I get into the school really strong and I'm going to end strong. And again, I can't control everything that's going on the nine hours in between there, but I can start well and I can end well. I loved that idea and thinking about how could this apply to school? How could this transfer and apply in your home as well? I'm thinking from a school's perspective, I would want to start well by making sure I started every class period with a bell ringer with my prime time because I think the first five minutes of class are the most important. I also like to end class by setting a timer for the last two minutes of class where I have a timer go off and it reminds me to regroup and bring students back together so we can kind of have one last connection point and I can remind them of important things before the bell rings and dismisses them. That's one way I like to start well and end well at school. And then thinking in life, starting well and ending well in my home. I like to get up before my kids. That's really important to me is that I don't get up and immediately have to go into mom mode. I need to get up and have a minute to myself and really... 45 minutes to myself is what I shoot with. So starting well for me and my home looks like setting my alarm to be 45 minutes ahead of my children. And then ending well for me. I like to have my kitchen clean before I go to bed and I run the dishwasher every single night. So I wipe off all my counters, I run the dishwasher, and then I make sure all the toys are picked up. Normally my kids obviously help me with this before they go to bed, but that way when I wake up and I have that 45 minutes of alone time, I'm not walking into a family room that just is like scattered with magnetiles tiles and Legos that I'm going to trip on, but it just feels like a calming, peaceful way to start and end my day. And you know... If it looks like a dress-up closet exploded on my floor the other 12 hours of the day, it is what it is. That's the season of life I'm in. But I could start well and end well with how I start my day and end it and kind of hit that reset button. So I want you to consider that. Again, I really hope this episode encourages you just to think about goal setting this year a different way. And remember, I want you just really to consider first, what matters most to you. And then second, I want you to start small. Y'all, just one thing. And then third, focus on your life first and foremost. Pick one theme, one theme, one goal for your life first. And then if you need to pick a sub goal kind of for school, that's more school specific, then pick that afterwards. But again, first and foremost, we're going to prioritize a theme for your life this year. And again, for the season that you're in now, not the season you want to be or not the season you were in last year, but what you're in right now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As always, you can find every link that I mentioned in the show notes at slash episode 55 And don't forget I don't want you to miss out on cheer for the new year. That's happening right now. It's always the first week of January only, and it's a week of daily deals just for my email list. So if you are not on my list already, head to instantrocketscienceclassroom.com slash winter to join my list so you don't miss out on the cheer for the new year deals. All right, teacher friends, that wraps up today's episode. If you're looking for an easy way to start simplifying your life as a secondary science teacher, head to it's not rocket slash challenge to grab your classroom reset challenge. And guess what? It's totally free. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you here next week. Until then I'll be rooting for you teacher friend.